Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this is a big day. A mentor of mine once said that changing worship times is one of the most stressful moments in the life of a church. So we should be honest with each other and with ourselves and acknowledge that this is difficult. For some of us, we change the time of worship in our electronic calendar, and that is that. For others, this will disrupt a long-standing and perhaps beloved routine that has shaped our Sundays for many years. For gracious sake, someone is sitting in your pew. And that is difficult. That being said, there are some things that haven't changed. We still believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We still read and study the Bible. We still use the Book of Common Prayer. We still know that page two comes after page three. We still know that the awesome Ed Dacus will continue to offer beautiful music. We still have some of the most awesome acolytes and lectors and ushers in the state. You still have to put up with Will and I prancing about up here in our silly clothes. We still receive the Holy Eucharist, a foretaste of the heavenly banquet with the company of the saints. Those things will never change. Jesus and his disciples are living through a time of change in today's gospel. You would think that the creators of the lectionary would realize that this is the first Sunday in June. Folks are easing into a summer mode. Maybe they change worship times. Some of you might have worn a Hawaiian shirt or flip-flops to church this morning, much to the horror of your spouse. So the reading should be easy and breezy in keeping with the day. But no... We are slapped with some of the most intense moments in the entirety of the Bible. Fun for you, even more fun for me. In chapter 2 of Mark, the chapter before today's gospel, Jesus eats with sinners and makes some controversial statements about the Sabbath. Earlier in chapter 3, Jesus enters the synagogue, heals a man with a withered hand, and unclean spirits name him as the Son of God. Unimaginable crowds are pressing upon him everywhere he goes. Jesus is causing change. And so today, in today's gospel, two different groups attempt to confront Jesus, to mollify this situation. The gospel reports that scribes from Jerusalem come down to speak with Jesus. These scribes from Jerusalem are the big dogs, probably attached to the temple itself. This is not your boss showing up in your office. This is your boss's boss's boss showing up in your office. And when that dude shows up, everyone knows that Jesus is in deep doo-doo. And if worse than that, we know that Jesus is in even bigger trouble when his mama shows up. 
They try to restrain him, the gospel says. Jesus is causing so much disruption that not only have the authorities been aroused, but his family has surrounded him. They are worried about his health and his safety. But Jesus cannot, should not, and will not be deterred. Jesus has work to do. For Jesus knows more than anyone to be sure that our world is broken, that our world is in need, and that darkness is upon us. His Father, the Creator, weeps over the state of the creation, and so he sends his beloved Son to save it. For with Jesus, this creation can overcome any darkness. With the word of Jesus, with the strength of Jesus, and with the love of Jesus, we shall overcome. A world that is beset with division and violence and hatred and injustice can be healed, can be redeemed, can be whole, thanks to the love of Christ. This is why we gather on this holy ground, in this holy space, to be closer to the healing love of Christ. For if we put aside the facade we manufacture on Instagram or otherwise, if we are honest enough and self-aware enough to admit it, we too are broken. We too are beset by our own darkness, of our own making or because of another or because of this, the, the disorder of this world. But as followers of this disruptive Christ, we can take this brokenness, we can take our darkness, and we can place it at the foot of the cross. And Jesus will heal it, Jesus will redeem it, and Jesus will bind it up so that we too can be made whole. And when we do gather in this holy place, when we open ourselves to the grace of God, when we do good work for the kingdom of God, then we know, and we know not just here in our head, but we know in our heart that we are loved. And if that were not enough, that we discover that we are not alone. We are not the only ones struggling with the darkness, but we have sisters and brothers, friends and neighbors given to us as companions on the journey. Look around you. These are the folks that will catch you when you fall, laugh when you laugh, cry when you cry, and pray when you pray. This is the family of God, and nothing can change that. Not darkness, and certainly not a change in the time for worship. And for this very reason, we bring into the fellowship of God Nathan James through the sacrament of baptism. Because selfishly, we need hashtag Nader not to be our companion on the way. To bind up the wounded. To do the work that God has given him to do so that we can do the work that God has given us to do. And someday he may need the love of God as he confronts his own darkness. And as his sisters and brothers in Christ, we will walk alongside him 
every step of the way. Today is a big day, and not because of the change in worship times. In time, I pray these particularities will soon be the way we have always done it. But today it's a big day because of Nate, and because we are reminded of why we are here. For we are sisters and brothers in Christ. And together we will meet the challenge of any change we encounter, and we will overcome any darkness that may beset us. For while the world is not as it should be, thanks to the love of Jesus, we know that it is fundamentally good, and it can be a better place. So let us begin. Amen.